of this nation has there are been. four essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline in the dollar. Lack of a better word. Late rally on Wall Street. It's too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. Welcome. This is Money Talks. Well, good morning, good morning. You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on radio. As you can tell, this is not your usual list of hosts here. I am Nick Antonucci, research analyst here at Hensler Financial, joined today by Dan Deluzio, CPA out of our uh, perimeter office, and my fellow research analyst, Jacob Keen. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Glad to have you here. Good morning, everyone. So uh, you guys know how the show works. We'll go through a bit of a market roundup in this first segment, uh, give you the rundown on what's been going on in the markets over the last week, what we can look forward to next week. Then we'll uh, follow up with a case study, a little bit of tax planning in the works for you guys. And then uh, we'll answer some listener questions as we always do. But I guess we'll start off as usual with a little bit of an economic recap, guys. We've had plenty of economic releases oh, come yeah. out in the past week, plenty of earnings reports from companies. We're in kind of the uh, the hot streak of earnings season right now. It was now. dull there for a while, but it's... It's certainly picking up yeah. now. Um, we'll start off with existing home sales, uh, which came out on Monday. Fell in June. Uh, it was a low number of listings restricted to home supply. It's something we've continued to see. There's not a supply, a lot of supply out there. Whether you're talking right. about existing homes, new homes, uh, you know, builders are citing a number of different things, shorters, uh, shortage of workers, uh, shortage of land. So not a huge shock there. So sales were down 1.8% um, from May. Still up year over year, 0.7%. Yeah, yep, median home price for existing single-family homes also increased at its fastest pace in June, um, up to $246,480. So pretty impressive there. Uh, Keeping with home data, I guess, on Tuesday, we got the latest Case-Shiller Home Price Index. Year-ago growth in the 20-city composite slid a little bit uh, down to 5.7%. Again, it's still up. It still grew by (laughs) 5.7%. Like, that's disappointing. uh, Right. It's just not appreciating it quite the pace that we've seen uh, in recent times. Um, It's below the 5.8% growth that we saw in April, so only 0.1% decline there. Growth in the 10-city composite also decelerated to 4.9% year-over-year in May, and that's down from 5% that we saw in April. So not huge drops there. The National House Price Index, so if you're looking countrywide, uh, rose 5.6% over the 12 months ending in May, and that matched April's pace. It's definitely good to see that breadth there, though, because a, 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 lot, of, a lot of what I've been reading lately is some concerns about uh, capital fleeing China, focus in areas like Seattle, et cetera. So to see that the nation as a whole is outpacing the 10 city index is, it's good to see for sure. Absolutely. And you talk about, you know, uh, uh, money flowing here into real estate, Canada, especially, you know, we've looked into that recently where prices are through the roof. It's outrageous. Yeah. Almost 30% there in uh, Toronto. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, That same day, Tuesday, we got a little bit of consumer confidence data, which uh, showed an increase in July, gained 3.8 points, rose to 121.1. That's our highest reading since March. Um, unfortunately, last month's index was revised down a little bit to 117.3. That was only about a 1.6% readjustment. Consumers reported more favorable present conditions and higher expectations. So the two components there, both positive overall and a gain in labor force optimism as well. Um, this kind of ties into the two previous uh, indicators we, we mentioned. Plans to buy a home rose to their highest level since December. So confidence remains strong. That's obviously a big component into the housing market. 
Right. You know, it's also interesting. I was reading uh, out from the AAII, which is uh, the the individual investors, the independent investor uh, survey. It also reached a level just as high as March as far as bull net bulls against bears. So it's 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 interesting to see that moving in unison. kind of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hopefully that's something that isn't a, an indication, you know, both those hitting a peak isn't a, a sign of a turning point, but I guess we'll find out. Um, again, more housing data. Our weekly MBA mortgage applications was released on Wednesday. Um, applications rose slightly. Again, you really kind of want to look at this on a moving average, not a week-to-week uh, number here because it is weekly. Composite index rose 0.4%. Refinance index rose 3.4%, uh, while the purchases index was 2.2% lower. Um, New home sales that same day, single-family homes rose in June, um, rose 0.8% from May, May ended up 9.1% from June. Um, So, you know, we talk a lot about residential data, but there's a whole other side to real estate. Obviously, that's the commercial side. And, Jacob, I think you can speak a little bit to what's been going on there. Yeah, this is uh, actually something I was looking into today, and I discussed with Nick a little bit. I think on the cycle, um, if you look at the Case-Shiller House price index, you're looking at about a 4.5% annualized gain. If you look at commercial, that's since uh, that's since basically the low. I, I want to say I want to say in, in in residential, it was it was uh it the the uh, the date I was using was uh in 2009. Okay. Um, for both, um, it might not have been the exact low, but I felt like that was approximately low in the sure. credit cycle essentially, um, and. Anyways, on, on the commercial side, it was almost 9% uh, mm-hmm. annualized. Uh, so with that being said, um, Green Street has their uh, Green Street Advisors has their commercial property price index, and they came out uh, recently saying that for the first time year over year, they saw a decline in that um, since 2008. And in the report, uh, there's some interesting things in the internals. Um, they saw actually industrial rise 9% year over year. They attributed that to some of the e-commerce sh- shifting there. Sure. Mall properties were down 5%. Strip retail down 4%. And apartment buildings uh, fell 3%. So, some uh, of those aren't big shocks. And honestly, the decline in mall and retail is less than may- maybe you'd expect considering. Yeah, considering what the dire they've talked about malls. Yeah, no right. kidding. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, we're not we're not talking about a, a huge decline here. Just just to note that it's down year over year, and we could probably attribute most of that to a tightening credit, uh, which kind of leads us into uh, what's happening with the Fed. We actually had a, a FOMC monetary policy meeting this week. Yeah, on Wednesday, and really the the I guess the takeaway points here, while you didn't get too much to digest, was all right. You know, we're coming off several periods of interest rate increases, right? We're right. one to one and a quarter percent now. Now the talk is the Fed unwinding the balance sheet. You have balance sheet level that you've never had in the history of, you know, the country. Right. How do you unravel that? Right. And obviously you can't unwind everything quickly. You know, you shock the economy. How right. do you do it? How does the Fed go about doing this? And obviously they're gonna they, you know, said it's gonna be a very slow process. This could take what five, ten years. Who knows how long this is going to take? But it seems as though the focus has come off of hiking rates now, right. and the focus is on unwinding the balance sheet. And you can see that. We look at the world interest rate probabilities chart, something we have access to through Bloomberg, and for the rest of the year, and, and honestly, through September of next year, 
you don't even see a 50% probability of, of no. the next rate hike. No, no, I, no, I find it interesting. And, and to your point about the, the, the speed, I, I think we're talking about, a, what, a $4.5 trillion balance sheet? Yeah. Um, which is just, it's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. It is. I mean, what is, what is U.S. GDP? It's like $17 trillion. You're right. talking about mm-hmm. 25% of yeah. Anyways, I, the, pl- the initial plan that I saw, I need, I need to catch up on this, was uh, I think it was like $30 billion of MBS a month, a month and like $20 billion of Treasury. So that's, and that's compared, in the end. That's when they get to that 50. Right now they're talking about doing 10, 10 a month. Right. So and it's going to be very slow. That, they'll, they'll hike it and then until you get that 50. But I, exactly think, what you said. I think what's interesting about the approach is uh, we, got, we got some of the interest rates right here in front of us, Nick. Uh, I mean, we're looking at two ten spread, which is kind of a proxy for the shape of the curve. Right. It's under one. So a lot of the time, the fear is the inversion of the curve. It's a signaling Fed, recession. If the Fed has to hike, basically, where the market's pricing growth in the future uh, less than immediate immediate growth, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think I think what we're seeing is the Fed's going to try and use that balance sheet first because they can sell. Off the long end, essentially, they can they can reshape the curve. And that's in a way. the plan, absolutely. You know, you would expect when they're not out there buying back as much as they are every month, you're going to see prices come down. Right. You know, right. You, you're going to see yields move up, and and that's that's the plan, that's the hope. Um, how and when that will happen is still to be seen. You know, other things to consider is Janet Yellen's term is about to run up. Is this something that she starts as a legacy? Right. Or is this something where she says, well, I mean, because all, while she's still a candidate, the expectation is that she's not going to be reappointed, right? So, or renominated. So is this something that she's like, I'm going to go for it and leave a lasting legacy of the, the person who, you know, began the interest rate hikes really and and started the unwinding of the balance sheet? Or does she play it safe and decide, It's interesting you know, because they're talking, they're, they're hinting essentially at September right now for this, this new program. Right. And she's up for uh, renomination. renomination in February. So mm-hmm. you only get, what, three or four months there to see the effects of this new policy. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. We had uh, a couple other things. Jobless claims, the moving average is basically the same. Um, yeah, not, not a lot. Not a lot happening there. there. You, uh, and durable goods. Um, Positive sign for manufacturing, right? It, it was it was it was a big time headline number, six and a half percent. But a lot of that was in the non defense aircraft, and right. and we we saw today. I mean, Boeing has been performing well um, on the new orders front. So uh, just a, a little bit to think about there. Yeah, hopefully we we'll see the core pick up too. All right, guys. So um, a little bit of a recap on earnings season. So um, year to date, we're looking at the S and P five hundred up about eleven point seven one percent. Pretty good year, led by information technology, something, a sector in particular we'll touch on later with a listener right. question. Um, also, uh, top performer, healthcare and consumer discretionary, followed by materials, utilities. They only have two negative sectors for the year. That's telecom and not a big shock here, energy with oil prices declining again. Um, for the week, the market uh, is flat, actually down one basis point. We'll call it flat. Uh, telecom has been a good performer this week. You had AT&T and Verizon earnings both come out, probably driving the majority of that. But to look at earnings season as a whole, Jacob, I think it's been pretty good. I mean, last last oh, sector, we had 15% earnings growth overall. Um, obviously, we're only about halfway through earnings season, but we're seeing 9.2% earnings growth for the S&P 500. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's going to be that's going to be 5.7% roughly above expectations so far. Yeah, surprise so, has been good. That's good. So, and any big surprise here that the leading sector is technology? Yeah, right. Yeah. No, no, no. no I'm I, I'm starting to get a little tired of it. But yeah, well, well, we can talk about that. <laughs> Interestingly, though, interestingly, uh, before, real quick before we move on, though, uh, looking at it, it, I've got consumer discretionary as the biggest beat. So it, it, expectations are probably really Pretty low, low in it. some of those uh, retail type names, but it looks like we've had some really positive reports come through. So maybe this could be a turning point. I think it might be something we touch on a little later as well, Nick. Absolutely. Guys, I think this is a great, t- uh, great time to take a break. We'll come back, have a case study. And a dog of the week for you guys and listen to some listener questions. Be right back. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.